Well, you know, good evening, New York sports fans. My name is Danielle McCartan. Uh, Danielle at dinner time on this Sunday fun day. Super utility around here. I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up till 9 p.m. here in New York City and beyond. And whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show right now throughout the next couple of hours. Whether that be on your car radio at 1019 FM or 660 AM or you're streaming from WFAN.com or on the free Odyssey app. So we're here in the Big Apple. Connor Green and I are coming to you live from the Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. Go ahead, 877-337-6666. This is your invitation from now and the next three hours. Get aboard. And before we get into the the doldrums of, of how bad the Yankees and the Mets really have been this weekend in particular, um, as Pete McCarthy just said, I was watching it before I had on the... Uh, in the little cafeteria we have here, I had the Yankees on on the big screen TV, and on my laptop I was streaming the Massapequa girls softball game. And congratulations to them. This is a positive note. We're going to start positive. The 2023 Little League Softball World Series champions, Massapequa International girls softball. They defeated a team from Winterville, North Carolina. Final score was 5-2. to two. Dominant win from them. I believe they scored three runs in the first inning. So congratulations to them. And as you just heard, too, the it's the first softball title for the state of New York ever in the history of the state of New York. So that's pretty cool. So congratulations to the Massapequa girls softball team. Uh, that'll be in the news over the next couple days. And uh, good for them. Awesome. Love that. Now, we turn to, we turn to the negative. Clay Holmes, Clay Holmes, after he completely, I I don't know another way to say it, but he completely coughed up today's game to the Marlins. And after the game, he said, losses like these, they definitely hurt a little bit. That was an absolutely brutal loss by the Yankees in Miami just a little while ago. So here's what we're going to do. I, it's like, hear ye, hear ye. I hereby declare today, August 13th, 2023, football season here in New York. Enough! I'm just so numb to this. The Mets are already ready for football season with the scores from yesterday. Don't even go there. And the Yankees, they just keep giving away games. And you get a win. And you get a win. So, don't get mad. Just start watching some more football coverage. But, of course, we have to talk about it. So, here's the thing. If you're the eternal optimist, which... Appears to be Aaron Boone. Uh, I'm, I'm not, by the way. But if you are, there were two great things that happened today for the Yankees in Miami. There were. Garrett Cole pitched another gem. I mean, the dude is like a tourniquet. He's 9-2 and two now. Should have been 10-1. and one, But he's 9-2 and two and starts following a loss. I mean, like, need to stop the bleeding? Call Garrett. But don't hand it to Clay. More on that in a second. But I'm going to say for another consecutive week, and this is the third consecutive week, Garrett Cole is the American Cy Young Award winner. I mean, just give it to him now. Leads the American League in in so many things. Innings pitched, opponent OPS, war. I mean, you know where I'm going with this. Especially after McClanahan went down, there is no competition. Give him the hardware now. So Garrett Cole, it seems so long ago. Garrett Cole pitched a great game. No reason why he couldn't continue that game either, by the way. The other really good thing that happened, Gleyber Torres. 
stole second, stole third on two consecutive pitches. Then he scored on a wild pitch. How's that? You love to see that. Manufacturing runs in that manner. The hustle. And that's the blueprint for the future of this game. Running the bases well and stealing the bases. And he was smart because he knew the scouting report. The Marlins starting pitcher was 6-8. Of course he's going to be slow on pickoffs. Just a truly commendable job for Glaber Torres today. Who has been, oh by the way, I'll say it again, the Yankees' most consistent hitter in that lineup. But, crumple that up, wipe that completely entirely away, flush it down the toilet, throw it out the window, set fire, whatever you want to do. The fact of the matter is this. It's not about pessimism. It's not about optimism. It's about realism and reality. The Yankees lost their first game since 2021 when they were leading by four or more runs in the ninth inning. Today, the Yankees were winning 7-1. to one, And then they ended up losing the game 8-7. How does that happen? It's devastating. Absolutely devastating. This could be it for this team. It's like, it's like worse than, it's like, it's numbing. Like, I, I feel like I can't even get angry anymore. This team is just not good enough. And like, they found a way to lose this game. You've got Clay Holmes against 7, 8, and 9. Yuli Gurriel doubled off the wall. Birdie struck out, that's fine. Number 9, Fortes. Volpe couldn't make the play. You walk the number one batter, Chisholm Jr., on a non-competitive pitch on 3-2. Bell, you got the ground ball up the middle you were looking for. Could have maybe even been a double play. I don't know. I don't even want to assume the double play because you can't, right? Goes right to Holmes. Kind of hits him in the hip in, in a way. Then he totally airmailed the ball to first base. Run scoring, of course. He said he, he rushed the throw. He said he didn't set his feet after the game. And he said, I need to give the first baseman some room. And I wasn't able to do that. Okay? Arise. Tripled. Bell scored from first place. Tied it up at seven. Bing, bang. Boom. De La Cruz walked. And then, boom. Jake Berger with a whopper. A game-winning single off of Canley. I mean, this this is just not good enough. This team is not good enough. It's as simple as that. The Clay Holmes meltdown in Miami was multifaceted. Again, he couldn't handle the tap-back grounder to the mound. He airmailed the throw right after that, which, again, maybe could have been a double play ball, but just get one just get one out. He could not get it done on the mound as a pitcher either. 23 pitches, four runs later, the game was tied. Canley gave up the game-winning single, and I guess he's ready to shave his entire body all over again. Did you hear that? When a run scores on him, he shaves his entire body. I don't know, weird, but whatever. And believe me, I am no apologist. I'm not. Today's loss was not on Brian Cashman. It really wasn't on Aaron Boone, although you could make an argument that, okay, well, Cole was pitching fine. Why did you take him out after, let me see how many pitches it was, 99 pitches? Uh, All right, you could make that argument. Middleton, why not let him go longer than, than 12 pitches? Maybe. Maybe. But ultimately, it was it, it was it was Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes did not perform. Say it with me. Clay Holmes did not perform today. And how do I know? Well, in his last 35 outings combined, he only allowed three runs total. 
today, four in one inning. Clay Holmes absolutely coughed up this game for the Yankees, and all it took him again was 23 pitches. Just 23 pitches. And Holmes said after the game, every loss matters right now. Garrett had a good start. We put some runs up on the board early, and it was definitely a series we had to have. It's a tough loss. The mountain gets bigger with every loss. That from Clay Holmes. And I mean to say that the mountain has got to be Mount Everest-sized at this point. Three games against the best team in baseball up next. Brutal. Said Boone after the game. You ready for this one? I hope you're sitting down. Please don't drive off the road. He said, obviously we need victories. Anytime you lose, it's tough. We had the game in control for the most part. We had a lot of good things happen out there. In control for the most part of the game. I mean, come on. This isn't the same message he's taking back into that clubhouse, right? No wonder why they don't play with any intensity. The translation is like, ah, shucks, we'll get him next time. And also, too, the strategy of of the bullpen matchups, it's just not effective for this team. This team needs a true closer. I've been saying it and saying it and saying it. It's not Clay Holmes. Make him the eighth-inning setup guy. And this today is yet another reason why I am not getting rope back in to this Yankees team. I'm just not. I will not allow myself to do it. 877-337-6666. I'm going to put my, I'm going to get the couch ready over here. I'll play a little psychologist today because it's just one of those days. Again, 877-337-6666. Where do we start? The phone lines are full. Uh let, let you know what? Let's just go to, to line 1. Josh in the Bronx. You're up on the fan. I'm telling you, Daniel, same old same. You know, Aaron Boone saying everything's on the table, and you you want to know something else? You're going to get Luis Severino on Tuesday. Oh yes. After the Mets, after the Mets play the Braves, the Braves are going to host the Yankees. Yep. Oh my, OMG! <laughs> and you want to know something? Going to the Jets, Zach Wilson looks more appealing than uh, Louis Severino right now. Zach I was telling Connor right. that. Yeah, and I right. think, I think you know, the Jets look good. Look, I'm not going to say they're going to the Super Bowl, but the playoffs are a lot more appealing with the New York Jets and the New York Giants right now than the baseball. That's Thank it. you for taking my call. Thanks, Josh. That's it. it I, I hereby declare today the start of the football, the official start of the football season here in New York. Mets lost 21. They're already in football form. The Mets lost 21 to 3. 21 to 3. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I mean it's it's time. It's time. We have to go out to uh let's go to Bobby in Long Island. You're up next here on the fan. Okay. Uh you got to also throw this game on Cashman too. I am tired of Coke taking taking out after 100 pitches. I mean, Avagand, I've got his name, the guy from Miami threw 117 pitches mm-hmm. their ace. He's making $36 million. You're burning out your bullpen the whole year. Yep. Okay, I'm not saying Holmes would have screwed up or not, you know, if he had a few extra games under his belt, you know, because he's been burned. He's been pitching a lot as well. But it's ridiculous that, you know, you're taking this guy out after the best effing pitcher in the league. You're taking out after 100 pitchers. I know, 99. I but, mean, but, that's, but that's not Cashman, though. That, that's a, that's well, a it is cash because it happens. It is cash because it happens all the time. Yeah, it, but, it is but Cashman's Cashman. not in the dugout but picking up the bullpen phone. He's not doing that. I'm sorry? 
Cashman is not in the bullpen uh, in the dugout picking up the yeah, bullpen. Yeah, but it's constantly. But he's the strategist of the team. He's really the team, runs the team, and he he doesn't want Colts one one hundred pitchers. Well, so right. it is Cashman. Well, okay, well then, that, if you want to say Art, make the argument that he's the mastermind, he's the strategist, then yes. But I of I'm course. operating with the the fact that the manager is the one taking him out. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't. Th- no, there's no way. No, I, I t- I'll tell you right now. I, I don't think, think Boone, everyone knows Boone is a puppet for Cashman. And yep. Cashman's running the show, the analytics and all that. Yep. I mean, I mean, he fires Girardi in 2017, one game away from the World I, Series. I still can't get over that. I, I, and, you know, I mean, because I guess that eagle trip for, for Cashman, he had, the, the guys really played hard for him in 2000, the baby bombers. Yep. And ever since then, you know, maybe it could have been like a little bit of a, a dynasty. He could have won a couple of championships with Girardi. I mean, and then he got Cashman fires him because, you know, because he wasn't into the analytics, even, even though he took him one game away yeah. from the World Series. And, 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 it and just shows you this guy's mentality. Yeah, and, oh, and they, he got them to... Excuse me, Joe Girardi got them to th- overachieve, and be, like you said, within one game of the World Series, and boom, fired. Like, wh- how, tell me how that yeah. makes sense. Cashman is Tom Hayden of The Godfather in the movie Godfather. I've never seen okay, it. I know, don't a, tell me. I've never seen it, though. He's part of the family, but not by name. Mm, okay. okay. Tom Hayden. Yeah. Yeah, the Godfather. He was he was he was a son but not by name. This guy has a is a lifetime GM. Of course. This guy's not gonna be fired. You know, he got another he'll probably be he'll probably get another extension during Rodan's beautiful contract, another big contract yep. that Cashman Brutal. did. He'll probably get he'll have a he'll probably have another extension before that. Yep. I don't I don't understand. I don't blame it all on Boone, obviously. I don't think, he, you know, he made three terrible bullpen moves in the playoffs last year. He's not a Miller Huggins. I thought he should have been fired after last year. The people saying that's Cashman, the analytics, putting in B-level relievers, you know, Schmidt and Trevino instead of the top three relievers, blue yeah. game four LEDS, game one and three of ACLS last year by not playing the top three relievers, Lorenzagar, um, Holmes, and Peralta. He puts in Trevino and Schmidt. So mm-hmm. this is this is just insanity. Yeah. I mean, this is probably the worst game of the year. Yeah. You know, it could be the beginning of the end for them. And, I think uh, so. And I think Boone's not going to be back. He'll be the scapegoat. He, you know, if they yep. don't make it, he'll definitely, yeah, he's got only one year left. But you're going to be stuck with Cashman. He, he, he's developed two players in 25 years, Cano and Judge. And he, he made maybe one good trade for, for Justice uh, during, the, during the dynasty. Yeah, but he was an errand boy. Yeah, he was an errand boy for Watson and right. Michael. He, he right. didn't build that either team. No. You know, and he bought the World Series in 2009. but given billions of dollars. Right. You to, know, to, me to and my C. grandma C. could Sebe- get it right eventually once. You know? <laughs> right, Bobby. And, and, and I get it. Yeah, and you're right. And, and I feel that, that Aaron Boone, like you said, I was talking about this the other day. They're going to scapegoat him. That's it. But they're just going to replace him with somebody else. So, like, what's the point? Like, you know what I mean? Like, just an Aaron Boone 2.0, they're going to replace. Like, what's the point? The point is, like you said, the point is, we were talking about this just before the show. If you're looking at this big picture, big picture, it's Brian Cashman's fault. Ultimately, it's his creation. Okay? Ultimately. Today, though, Clay Holmes didn't perform. Ultimately is what it boiled you can't you can't blame anybody for Clay Holmes today. I mean, he couldn't field it, he couldn't throw it, he and he really couldn't pitch it today either. It's multifaceted the meltdown that he had at at in Miami. It, it, that's what it is. It was it, this game, this loss was squarely on the shoulders and, and the cap of Clay Holmes. That's it. So the the psychologist's office is open. <laughs> I'm Daniel McCartan with you till nine here on the fan. Welcome back to the fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Wow, what a loss! What it's like, you can't even get angry anymore. Like what a numbing loss the Yankees had. 
I don't even know the words. To I'm almost speechless on the words to describe how bad it was. And you know, I made uh, before the game. I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what? I feel like making on some long shot bet. I'm feeling a little lucky, and uh, you know, I, I knew I'd be hanging on every single pitch uh, to talk to you today. So I don't know. I made a ten dollar bet. I made a five leg parlay. Right? The odds ended up being eight thousand, basically eight thousand plus eight thousand. And uh, I bet Yankees money line, not. I bet Stanton to Homer, not. I bet Cole over six and a half strikeouts, he had six. Judge did have over three total bases, but Glaber Torres, man, I had him over two over two two plus hits, and he had zero. That's the most disappointing because going into today, he had an eleven game hitting streak. He had a four nineteen batting average. Like all of the numbers were supporting that. He's one of two players of you know hit streaks of eleven games in the league, three of them times three and hit safely in twenty seven out of the last thirty going in today. Nothing, although he got hit, he walked, he scored. Whatever, not today. Today wasn't my day. Today was not my day. That's baseball, Susan, and it wasn't the day of, of the Yankees either. It, more specifically, it wasn't the day of Clay Holmes. The Yankees scored. They were up 7-1. to 7-1! to one, And ended up losing to the Marlins, who are on the outside looking in of a playoff berth themselves. They lost 8-7. 7-1, to winning to a loss 8-7. to seven. Incomprehensible. We go back to the phones, 877-337-6666. Again, in the order that you called, we go to Rich in Brick, New Jersey. What's up, Rich? Danielle, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, well, you got to be better than what I'm doing. Uh, I know. It's tough. <laughs> this, this, is, this is tough. Uh, two statements and one fact. As long as Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman are running this team, it's going to be the same old thing. You're not wrong. Right off the bat. Yep, you're not wrong. Number, number two. Time of death of the Yankees 2023 season mm-hmm. is at quarter to 5 p.m. And yep. they're done. Lastly, yep. you, you and I need to have a discussion on how this was not Boone's fault. The book on Holmes is this. When he's on, his stuff is filthy, nasty. But when he's off, he cannot hit the broad side of a bar. Boone had to have pulled home as soon as he could not get that ball over to first base. He should have I known think, I think, by I think knowing earlier. his player. But, Rich, I think earlier. I think the pitch, like you said, when, when Holmes is on, he's on, right? The one, that, mm-hmm. when, when he walked Chisholm, it was, it was 3-2, and it was just a non-competitive pitch to Chisholm. That's when I would have walked out there and been like, dude, you're out. That's what I would have done it before, before the ground ball. That was the batter before Bell. The ground ball was on Bell, the number two hitter. I would have done it on Chisholm mm-hmm. Jr. I would have. Because it was just it was just non-competitive. That's when I would have yeah, made the move. Not, not at all. But Boone had to have pulled him right then and there, knowing that Holmes didn't have it today. We need this game for our season. Yeah. And, the, you know, it's like then he comes out with the ridiculous comment afterwards. Well, we know we have to win. No kidding, Sherlock. <laughs> well, good thing you censored yourself there, or else I was going to have to dump you. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. Nope. I know what you're saying. 
Yeah, I mean, I, listen, the quote after the game was we basically, and I'm paraphrasing it here, we were in thanks for the call there, Rich. Uh, you know what? Let me let me get the actual quote here. Let me just let me make sure. Uh, I, yeah, I bolded it. Boone said after the game, obviously we need victories. Anytime you lose, it's tough. We had the game in control for the most part. We had a lot of good things happen out there. At what point is this man going to stand up there and say, we needed this game? We tried everything we could. We needed this game. We came up short. It was a devastating loss. We'll look to rebound. Like, right? Like, I would have loved to hear that better than what, what that was. He said, credit to them for putting some really good at-bats together. We know we got to rack up wins. This one is as is the one. No. As tough as this one is to swallow, you got to move on from it. I mean, come on. Come on. We know that. Everybody knows that. So, like the time of death, quarter to five, okay, fine. Now the, the, the funeral and the burial will be in Atlanta over the next three days. You got Luis Severino throwing, I think, on Tuesday. I mean, let's start talking over under on the amount of runs that the, the, the Braves are going to score. You've got a guy saying he feels like he's the worst pitcher in baseball going up against the best lineup in baseball. I say that's a com- combustion for about 10 runs. What's the over? Let's do nine and a half runs over or under Luis Severino when they play the Braves. You tell me, over or under? Dominic in East Rochester, you're up on Rochester. You're up on the fan. Danny, I won't ask how you're doing because I know yeah. we're all the same. And, Danny, right before the first pitch today, I doubled my bet. The Yankees minus one and a half runs mm-hmm. because Cole's been pitching so good. And, yep. you know, we've been hitting a little better. Yep. And there you have it. But that's not what this is about, Danny. You know, I got a bunch of stuff here. You know, the the, the Mets lose twenty one to three and six to nothing, and the Yankees find a way to be the laughing stock of baseball. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're and not wrong, yeah. of, Danny. Just like you, you know, sixty nine years a fan, and I'm staying a fan because I I root for the laundry. I don't root for these guys. All right. I root for the laundry. Mm-hmm. But Danny, excuse me. I'm not getting dragged into this. <laughs> I am not. Yep. You know, I'm telling you, and this this year is gone. I mean, I don't even want him in the playoffs. Come on, stop it, really. But what I'm worried about, Danny, is next year and the year after that mm-hmm. and the year after that. And then as far as Boone, I never wanted Boone. I, you know, I was a Girardi guy. And have you ever seen a team that's more screaming for a guy like Girardi right yep. now yep. than the New York Yankees? Yep. Got, can I use the word, is swear word, discipline, right? That they need a little discipline. But, yep. you know, with, with Boone's pedigree, you, you know that he can't be, I don't like him, don't get me wrong, and he's a puppet. But he cannot be making these kind of moves right. on his own. Right. Now, their computer told him to bring in Holmes. We know that, okay? We know that, which was stupid because they need Holmes in Atlanta. So they said, well, he needs work. No, he doesn't need work. You know, for, forget about work. He, he needs to save himself for Atlanta. Yeah, you would but, think, right, it, you would think with a lead like that, you're right. With a lead like that, they wouldn't be going to their number one reliever. You're right about that. Well, no, because you might need them. You, you might need them three nights in a row in, in 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 Atlanta. Right, course, you can't need them three nights in a row because Severino's pitching the second night. Yep. So you won't have to worry about needing a closer that night. And speaking <laughs> of which, you want to you know listen, Danny, I know Cashman's not going to be fired, okay? But you know what Hale needs to do? Two things. First of all, he needs to fire Cashman, but he's not going to do that. Nope. 
why doesn't Hale turn this team over to somebody that does want to be the managing partner? He doesn't want to be the managing partner. I don't he know. He so much has said that. He doesn't like to fire guys. Danny, you can't be in this business right. if you don't like to fire guys. Yeah. So, yep. And speaking of firing guys, thank you for the time. We Yankee fans want a pound of flesh here, okay? And Boone doesn't weigh enough. He doesn't weigh a pound. I mean, they know what we want, but we're not going to get what we want. So I, I'm convinced now Hell needs to turn this team over. That's sell it. You're not going to sell nope. the team. Are you serious? No 40000 a night? Be cuckoo. But if you don't want to be the managing part, you know what, Danny? Thanks for the time. Last thing. I I, I liked it when Hank had to turn it over to, to hell because Hank was a little crazy. I wish we had Hank right now. I would take Hank. I would take Hank. I can't take hell anymore. I just can't. Yeah, Dominic, and, and I was listening. Thanks for the call. I was listening on the way in, and, and Susan announced that, uh, you know, first first of all, going back to the ownership here, they're going nowhere. And like this, this that's I think where the frustration comes from. It's like everybody's kind of locked into these positions. You know, I mean, maybe Boone is made of scapegoat. They're going to bring in another Boone like a guy. So he might as well just freaking stay at this point, right? Cashman's going nowhere. His last name is now Steinbrenner. I saw they, they changed his name of form. I'm just kidding on that. But yeah, uh, uh, Brian Cashman Steinbrenner. But the Yankees are, are going to continue to. to rake in the money. They're worth, what, $7.1 billion, I think the most in Major League Baseball. That just came out last week. Um, and and uh, like I was saying, I was driving in, and Susan had just announced that 36,000 people in Miami today, which was the third highest attendance ever at that ballpark, ever. And the amount of people that the Yankees brought in this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday game, it was the most... Uh, tickets sold in a single, you know, three-game series ever in that ballpark. So it's it's comfy. The money's still rolling in. It's comfortable. That's it. And I know it's maddening. Nothing seems like it's going to change. The mentality has to change. Gut the analytics department. Bring in a gut manager. That If the Yankees do that, if, if if Cashman and Steinbrenner do that, you know that they're in a better direction. But for right now, it's this stagnant crap every year. Every single year. We got to Bayside, Queens. Eric, you're up on the fan. You know what? You guys want to... Oh no, Eric! We got a bad connection here. I'm so the big sorry. guy, and I'm and and I'm saying, George. Ever since George passed away and everything got handed over to the kids, those two don't give a darn. Grammy Levine and the rest of the hierarchy were the ones who basically made the move to get rid of Mr. Tory and Mr. Girardi, and yet. Aaron Boone in here, who basically hasn't had a shining moment since 2003 when he hit the homer off of Wakefield to get them to the World Series, which they lost, by the way, to the Marlins. Okay? Now, the move today where he doesn't walk Jake Berger 
and Boone is stupid enough to stand there and say, well, we didn't think the walk was in play here. This man has not made a decent move ever since he's been hired from the ESPN booth. It's absolutely ridiculous. Boone never should have been hired in the first place. You're putting a little bit too much on Holmes there, although the one play where he misplays that ground ball, and mm-hmm. if he would have let it go, it would have been an easy double play ball. Yeah. But everything falls on Boone's lap, because why are you bringing in Holmes with a five-run lead in the first? Correct. That, and that, that gets to the – first of all, if you're, you're a player, you know, he was asked about that too. Like, did you think about letting the ball go? And he was kind of like, no, nah, man, like, I'm a player. I, I got to, you know, I'm, I got to make a play on that ball. Okay, so he felt like he can get to it. So, fine. That's an aggressive mistake. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. But, you know – the point being, what is he doing in that game to begin with? Like, some guys just pitch better in, in tighter, situ- high-leverage situations, and, and that was not a high-leverage situation for him. It became one, but initially it wasn't. And I tell you something, as soon as he missed real poorly on that ball to Chisholm and walked him, that's when I went out, what I went out there and I was like, hey, you're done. Canley's coming in. You're done. You know what I'm saying? So... Why was he in there to begin with? With with three games against the the the, the Braves coming up, with Luis Severino on them. I mean, you want work? You want to quote unquote work? You want to give him some work? Tuesday, he'll have a ton of work to, on Tuesday with Severino pitching. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the phone number to get aboard. Uh, a, a a numbing. I think that's the right word. A numbing loss for the New York Yankees, and and I am not getting roped in to this team and to this postseason bandwagon. I am done, but if you have a reason why I should, give me one good reason to get back on and be positive about this team. 877-337-6666. Well, welcome back to the fan on this uh, devastating Sunday afternoon. Uh, At least the weather's nice, right? (laughs) Uh, The Yankees, I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but uh, the Yankees lost a brutal game. In Miami, 8-7, Clay Holmes uh, just didn't have it today. Clearly didn't have it. He had 7-8-9 to get through, couldn't do it. And uh, ultimately, Jake Berger put the nail in the coffin, and possibly of the Yankees' season against uh, Tommy Canley. And it was just, this team is just not good enough. It's been exposed. Um, you saw it when, when a judge was out. He's back. And it's 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 still not good enough. Look at that starting pitching rotation. I mean, it's Cole and Schmidt, and that's it. Okay, this TBD that keeps popping up, that's a good pitcher too. I got to tell you, TBD, watch out for that one. It's just I'm being facetious here. This team is just not good enough. Uh, and, and, and changes, cataclysmic changes need to happen with this team or else we are going to continue to have this conversation year in and year out. And it's not that difficult. The cataclysmic change I'm looking for, the new money ball number, is on base percentage. Simple as that. Get a bunch of guys that can get on base and steal them. There it is. And now with these long-term contracts that, that Brian Cashman has wrapped this team up into, it, it's going to be it's gonna be really um, uh, magician-like to put together a team that's going to fit the, the, the new new age of baseball with the new rules. So there it is, 877-337-6666. And how, how much longer can you hear the, you know, the, the canned answers from Aaron Boone after the games? Like they, they don't placate anybody. The reporters have to ask. You know what he's already going to say, and that's it. That's it. And the second that Clay Holmes 
missed on that 3-2 pitch to Chisholm, like missed badly, I would have been out there and been like, thanks, but no thanks, you're out. Kenley, let's go. Right? I mean, right? Again, 877-337-6666. We go to Robbie and Lennox. What's up, Robbie? Hey, Danielle. You know, it's funny. I went into my bedroom, and I figured, oh, the game's over, and I walk outside in my living room. I cannot believe it. First of all, I'd like to say to Aaron Boone, be fruitful and multiply, but not in those words. Okay, when you have a blithering idiot for a manager, it's really difficult to win games. Let me, let me start by starting. Okay, let me start with Garrett Cole. This guy's the best pitcher in the major leagues, hands down. Yes. I'm sick and tired of six innings, okay? Yep. Pitch count did not exist when I was growing up, okay? Nobody cared how many pitches. I watched Louis Tion throw 150 pitches in a game when I was a kid. Nobody gave a fuck's fat rear end about pitch count. This knucklehead does, okay? So you took out the best pitcher in baseball trying to get nine outs from a bunch of mediocre guys. Secondly, okay, the kid they got from Chicago, 58th inning, right? Yep. They gave what, a one, two, three inning, correct? Yeah, 12 pitches. So why can't you bring them back in the ninth inning? That's why right. Do, it's not even a save situation. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. If people want to blame Cashman, they can blame Cashman. It's his team, and, and, and rightly so. But Aaron Boone is a blithering moron, okay? First of all, why in the world is Clay Holmes in the game? Second of all, Little League managers know that second and third, okay, and you walk the guy has six hits in the damn series. Yeah. Walk the guy. Yep. And brings in five. What is he, Kevin Cash? Oh, we'll bring in five, uh, five uh, uh, infielders. He's giving it a ground ball. Well, you know, I am sick of six years of, well, you know, well, you know. What he said, okay, when, Evan, Evan Roberts cracked me up. When he said, well, except for the 18 strikeouts, and, and Evan said on his show, well, uh, Mr. Mrs. Lincoln, except for your husband getting shot. Yeah, I heard that. Of, that was funny. Thought, right? I, I right? did hear it, that. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, Danielle, I just I cannot understand why this guy – look, the guy's got three generations of baseball. Yeah. Okay? He's but, got his grandfather, his father who I yeah. watched all career, and his brother was an all-star. Why did this guy ever manage from the seat of his pants? So, Robbie, let me well, ask you something. Me, Wait, yeah, let me ahead. ask you something. Go Do ahead. you think – Yeah, absolutely. Um, now this is, I guess, getting to the crux of it. We've we've had we've we've breached this topic a little bit before. Now, Aaron right, Boone, right. as you just, I mean, we all know that he baseball runs in this man's blood. So, who's calling the shots? Is he handed a binder or is he making the calls himself? Because you're right. Why was Holmes in this game? Why I asked the same question. Middleton, twelve pitches. Why not come out? It was like you said. It was not a safe right. situation. So, why is this guy? Right. Who's making the decision? So that's the question. Know, he's, well, he's making. No, he's making the decisions. Like, why do we have to have? Pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. I mean, when I was growing up, Danielle, you had nine pitchers, four starters, and five relievers. Now you got 40,000 relievers. I mean, Wandy Peralta comes in there, does a good job. Why can't Wandy pitch more? I mean, yeah. he's done a pretty good job. Or why didn't you bring, again, you wasted Wandy because you needed a left hander to pitch to a rise. Mm-hmm. And how in the world did they let him pitch to a rise? I mean, it, and it blows my mind how how, how, how Steinbrenner can sit back. In his chair and with his dollar signs glimmering in his eyes, mm-hmm. and watch the New York Yankees, the most popular and the most, the biggest franchise in the history of professional sports, look like a bunch of fools. I mean, we look—they look like fools now. I mean, think about this: they have the second highest payroll in the league. Never mind the Mets. Okay, the Mets made just a bunch of mistakes, but the Yankees and the Yankees and Mets did the same thing. Basically, they took about five or six guys. The big contract. Look who's playing for the Yankees. Billy McKinney, a lifetime. This little guy was drafted by the Oakland A's by Billy Bean 10, 10 years ago, a career minor leaguer. Jake Bowers, a Tampa Bay reject. We pick up a guy from Boston on waivers. I mean, Brian Cashman has just lost it. He's, back. He's not building a farm system. They hired two guys that are very bright 
in terms of evaluating talent and bringing up minor league guys. One is Brian Sabian, and the other is Omar. If I were Hal Steinbrenner, let those guys run the organization next year, build a farm system, do exactly. You know what? I'll tell you what, Danielle. I will take some lean years from the Yankees. I will be happy to take lean years for a couple of years just to see a new guy in place that understands how to build an organization from the ground up because Brian Cashman is clueless. I mean, I was listening to Susan Wallman last year, and she said, what? She said, why does anybody want a guy with a bad shoulder? She was talking about Frankie Montas. And a week later, two days later, whatever, Frankie Montas was a Yankee. Well, right, Robbie, and that's it. And and that's it, Robbie. There's there's a disconnect going on right there. I've warned against Montas before they even got him. I warned against Rodon before they even got him. How do I make... I don't want to say better decisions, but you know, how do I have been able to formulate an opinion on these guys and their injury history and project that they're not going to do well here in New York because of those injury histories? And the Yankees, with all the information at their fingertips, can't. I don't understand that. Jake Bowers, by the way, today, leadoff batter. Jake Bowers, 0 for 5 with 5 strikeouts. Come on. Come on. Five strikeouts? You gotta like try to do that. You gotta try. Corey in Manalpa, New Jersey, you're up on the fan. Hey, uh, good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it, Corey. Um, just to listen to everybody talk, it's funny because the real Yankee fan, and I say the real Yankee fan, the, the Yankee fan that's not, is just a baseball fan who just doesn't care, goes to the games and doesn't care who's playing, doesn't know. One batter from another doesn't know one play from another. But the real Yankee fan is very, very disgusted. And we, you know, we actually know, or I know, nothing's going to change. The reason why nothing's changing is is because Steinbrenner is still making his money. And listen, can you, I just, I can't imagine I'm even saying that. I said that. My Met friends were saying that about Wilpons. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're the new Wilpons Oh, now. no. Don't Maybe go in. No. It's amazing. Oh, what no. What are we going to do? I I have no clue because I don't trust this Mr. Cashman. I don't trust his evaluation. Anymore. Because every time he says somebody's really good, they're not really good. I know. He said Garcia was great. And he couldn't. I'm not trading Garcia because he's so good. Well, where was he? And what happened to him? Yeah, right. So, right. And, and, and Isaiah, matter what I think anymore. Right, Corey. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a great defensive shortstop. And then he replaces him in, in the in the postseason with Peraza. Which, oh, by the way, do you know who initially called um, for the uh, for the starting of Peraza over IKF? You know who called for that initially? It was manager of the day, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo made that decision at the end of the regular season. And then they were probably, they were all like, hmm, wow, we're on to something here. And then Peraza was put in in in, in the defensive shortstop over Isaiah Conifalefa. The def- the the defensive shortstop guru is what we were all told, right? I mean, come on. Nothing but but nothing's gonna change. Hal doesn't have it within him to fire Brian Cashman. And I know we're talking big picture here. on the smaller scale. Clay Holmes did not have it today. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. I'm Daniel McCartney with you till nine p.m. here on the Fan. Welcome back to the Fan. My name is Daniel McCartney. It is seven oh two on this Sunday, not so fun day for the Yankees and the Mets. And Pete McCartney, he put it, he put it perfectly. The, the baseball season might have ended here in New York this weekend. Uh, for the Mets, we knew it was long gone, but for the Yankees, I mean, it 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 might be the end. 
You know, like last weekend, I thought it came on. I opened with, I'm starting to lose faith. Now I think it's over. Uh, I do. And I actually started looking up tickets to go just to see, you know, like with the prices coming down. Got some good seats. But hey, maybe I'm part of the problem. I have a friend and he was like, I am not going. I am not going to see either team in New York until it gets better. So whatever. But uh, uh, some of you have asked, by the way, on social media, how my Upper Saddle River, New Jersey, Women's League softball team fared in the playoffs. Well, as you and I both found out on on live radio last weekend, we ended up getting seated fourth. And, well, we ended up fourth in the standings. Um, So I guess that win-loss run differential system was, was actually pretty accurate. Like, everybody in the league placed where they were seated ultimately. So, And that's one through four. We, there's six teams in the league. One through four ended up one through four in the playoffs. So it has been a, uh, a slow climb for us Phillies. And no, for the last time, I didn't pick the name. They picked me. Um, but every year we've gotten a little bit better. So uh, I don't know. I guess we're expecting bigger and better things for next season. Uh, you know, just rebuilding the right way. And I don't know if you could say that for, for both of our teams here in New York. But uh, with that said... Well, if you're pretty good and a woman and local to Upper Saddle River, New Jersey, and you're available on Mondays and Wednesdays from June to August, hit me up. Recruiting season is officially open. So we lost our po- our playoff game, by the way. If you didn't catch that, we lost. And um, yeah, I don't I don't take well to losing. But uh, you know, truthfully, though, all in all, always a fun season with a fantastic. You know, a group of just supportive women, like-minded women of all ages. And I don't know, I guess we were all kind of sad to see it come to an end. But um, counting down the days till next season. And so are pretty much the Yankees and the Mets. 877-337-6666 in the order that you call. We go back to line one. Ben, Queens, you're up on the fan. Hi, Coach. Well, hey, thank you for that lead off because it'll take me right into the congratulations to Massapequa's girls. That, listen, I... They made mistakes against this Winterfield, uh, Winterville, uh, North Carolina team, mm-hmm. okay, and didn't crack. The first baseman had a hard time versus this team because the balls got on her fast, but they didn't crack. So I leave that the winning the first ever softball World Series for for New York, first ever. It's been Southern dominated. Yeah, leave that. Turn on to the Yankee game. <laughs> I'm I'm about a minute, but uh, about three minutes behind, and I'm looking at it's like it's seven three. When I left the game the last time, we had two on, two out in like the sixth, and they were bringing in AJ Puck, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna get an insurance run or two. I find out he strikes out four in a row. Like, oh, great. Okay, no problem. So I'm here sitting in the ninth. And the line goes across my screen, and you know how I feel about it. Well, the Yankees' bullpen, especially Clay Holmes, has been dependable all year. And I went right to the face, just a face palm right like this, like, oh, I'm not again. But it's not wrong, though, because actually they have been. Yankees bullpen's best in the league. Clay Holmes, over his last 35 appearances, only gave up three runs over those 35 appearances. Now, four runs in one game that that were directly attributable to him. Directly. And that's totally true, 
But over the last three weeks of Yankees baseball, the bullpen has given up six games. Not Clay Holmes, but the bullpen. Overuse. I was just like, let me get three outs and get out of this. And I just see it, and I see it crumbling. And, and again, I'm feeling the Keanu Reeves quicksand line happening because I'm seeing him overthrow, underthrow, not knowing what to do. And I'm just like, oh, boy. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Ben, it was multifaceted. It was multifaceted. Clay Holmes is meltdown today. This game, I'm sorry, was completely on the shoulders of Clay Holmes. He, he couldn't field the ball. A comebacker, tap, a tap backer right to the mound. Couldn't field it. Then he couldn't set his feet and he couldn't throw it properly to first base. Run scored. And then he couldn't pitch. I mean, I mean, it was multifaceted. Today's game, the, the season, honestly, the season, I mean, it was a microcosm of what's been going on, right? The entire Yankee season, I think, might have come to a close today on a terrible, poor pitching performance and just performance in general from, from Clay Holmes. And yes, maybe Middleton could have gone a little extra, a little longer, and 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 maybe you know maybe this maybe, maybe Garrett Cole can give you the. See, what also bothers me too is that these 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 pitchers that they come in relief pitchers they're all coming in with clean innings is what they're called clean innings. Well, why can't you let run Cole out there for one more? This first sign of trouble in that next you know frame, you get somebody ready to go. Then you get Middleton get an inning and a half out of Middleton. And then you're not in this position where you have to... Why was Clay Holmes in this game to begin with? He's supposedly their closer, although they don't really have a closer, you know, like like Diaz and like Mariano, right? Why was he in this game to begin with? They're winning by a lot. You've got the Braves, the hottest team in baseball, who have the best odds right now, plus 310 to win the World Series. You don't think you're going to need Clay Holmes in, 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 in those games? That's silly. That's a silly thought process, isn't it? You couldn't get anybody else in there? Middleton threw 12 pitches? He couldn't throw, I don't know, 12 more? One more inning? I mean, that that part of it, is, it's a little mind-boggling to me. That whole part of it. We go to Maury in Belmar. You're up next here on The Fan. I feel like he has to use pitches because that's what the analytics tell That's right. That's what the binder says. My gut tells me this guy just got three guys straight out. I haven't used them. Let me put them back in for the next inning. I hate cleaning things. I think that's bull. I, do. I think that's just something a coach makes up yep. for the mental, um, <clears throat> I don't know, whatever. I think that's that's not true. But yep. coach, I'm here to hang the white flag. Yep. I want to get whoever needs surgery, get surgery, bring the kids up. I am done. I'm done. I, I just can't. I don't have the heart. And of course, they'll go on like a seven straight win run, right? Yeah, right. But I have to walk <laughs> they'll, away. They'll sweep the Braves in the next three days, and everybody will be back on it. Can't do it anymore. I feel like you know what's acceptable in this in Steinbrenner in this young new Steinbrenner era is mediocrity. It's okay to be underachievers because guess what? We're going to other ballparks. We're getting uh, a quarter of the the gate. We're continuing to make money for this organization. Mm-hmm. Now we have an insurance company on our 
on our stream. Disgusting, right? And and and, and Maury, good for you. Win. Everybody wants to make fun of like you know the the ra- Tampa Bay raises of the world and the small market yeah. Royals. The world and- is global now. The world is global. You got people living in Miami now that were Manhattanites for years. The world is global. No one. They're laughing at us now. Yeah, but the Maury, Yankees have let me forward. finish the point the here, Maury. Yankees have right, Maury, let me finish the point here. You, you got the Yankees, right? The big Yankees and the, and the big Mets, and they've got patches on their sleeves. They're bringing in $25 million a year, the Yankees are, with that patch on their sleeve for over the next, I think it's 10 years. And yet, everybody makes fun of the small market Rays and the small market Royals and all these small market teams. Well, guess what? And And, and I think the Marlins, too. I didn't look close enough, but I think the Marlins, too. But definitely the Rays, definitely the Royals. Guess what? Those teams don't have patches on their jerseys. Hmm? So what does that tell you? Yankees are in it for the money, man. And did you see Rodon at one point folded up his jersey to hide it? Stanton did it, too. Folded, rolled up the sleeve of the jersey to hide the, the patch. I'm sure they got spoken to. I'm sure that they did. Robert and Congers, you're up next on the fan. Danielle, really enjoying your show. Thank you. And the first time I ever spoke to you. And two points you made, and I don't want to you know, kiss you, you know why, but uh, before I get to Gary Cole, uh, you, made, you made a statement. Give, give me some guys to get on base, throw some bases, and we'll play some ball. Yeah. And I know a couple of hosts, names I won't mention, said, well, today's ball won't work in the old, in the old days, wouldn't work today. Well, I'm a big, big, big Cardinal fan from years ago. And Whitey Herzog, the White Rat, in the 80s, uh, they had three World Series. They won one. They could have won two, except for Don Denginger. And he, all he said was, give me 10 singles. And that's all I want. I mean, they had McGee, Templeton, uh, maybe Brock, um, <clears throat> Algie Smith. And they, they went to three World Series. And Garrett Cole, you are so right. My son, a Yankee fan, and I love him also. But if I saw it, and I saw it, if you, if Red Shandies in, in, in the 60s and 70s ever came out to take Gibson, Bob Gibson out of the game, uh, that would be the last time he came out. Well, that's it. Were, Robert, that's it. Exactly. You've got Garrett Cole, who, you know, I, it was a playoff, was it a postseason game? I can't remember exactly. I don't have a photographic memory like, you know, like Evan or JJ, but, you know, there was a game late in the season, one year, where Aaron Boone came out to take Garrett Cole, and he barked him off the mound. He was like, get off my effing mound. I'm gonna, I'm finishing this game. And he let him finish it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Garrett Cole has that in him. He does. And I'm sure the Yankees upper, they didn't like that. And, you know, the manager getting barked off the mound. But guess what? This clean inning nonsense is exactly that. It's nonsense. Like I said, you let Garrett Cole pitch into just a little bit of resistance, a little bit of trouble into that next inning before you yank him out of the game. And then you let Middleton come in to finish that in frame, whatever, however many, you know, whatever that is, and then pitch another inning. Like, I don't, like, I don't understand. Like, I'm trying to put myself in the cleats of a reliever. I, I don't... I, is it more beneficial to come in with a you know a clean inning, nobody on, you know, top of the inning? Uh, as a reliever, it shouldn't matter. The, the the mentality shouldn't matter. It shouldn't change. You're called upon when you're needed. You know you're coming into a, a pretty much a high leverage situation, especially if you're you're Clay Holmes. Which again, getting back to the point, I'm not sure why he was in the game today to begin with. Did he, was he asked that? I don't think he was asked that. Why was he pitching to begin with today? 
He needed work. I don't want to hear that line. He needed work. He needed work. He needed work. Oh, okay. Needed work. Okay. Let's go to uh, Billy in Westchester. You're up. Uh, Billy, Westchester County. I'm sorry. You're up on the fan. Good evening, Danielle. Hope all's well. Uh, Danielle, let me, I got tickets for August and September, mm-hmm. the Yankee home games. Okay. Yeah. Any good Yankee fan now, any good Yankee fan, right, will root against them every day because you have to look for the picture of the future. Okay. They lose 80. Look, after the Atlanta games, it, we all seen Atlanta, what they did to the Met Bear pitching staff. Now, they're going to do the same thing to the Yankees. Mm-hmm. All right? They have no cold of pitching there. They got Schmidt, maybe. But Atlanta is going to beat us three games. Now, they beat us three games. I believe, are we one game under 500 or at 500? Either one. Either we're two or three games over now. I don't know. But uh, listen, 85 losses is, is a short thing now. Now, what are they going to do? They finished the season 77 and 85. This is the New York game. See, the thing that bothers me, Danielle, in the beginning of the season when the odds came out, yeah. if the Yankees were picked for 83 wins, 82 wins, mm-hmm. then you'd say, all right, what are you going to do, right? They were picked for 96, 97 wins. Right. They, were the second, they were the second favorite in the American League behind the Astros. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a complete, I mean, they look awful. You got to root against the Yankees. I will not attend a Yankee game unless I want to go and get whatever they're giving out. That's the only. <laughs> I'll look to see what they're giving out. If they're giving out a shirt that I want, or a hat, or something, a bobblehead, or something like that, I'll go. But I'm not going again to watch, you know, a midweek night game against Toronto in September. I'm not going to that. Yeah, I mean, and I think a lot of people are in, are in your shoes there. I, I do. I agree. Yeah, root against them. Now we have to root against them. Every loss. Maybe Boone can go. I heard a rumor that he might be going. Who knows? Yeah, but, but, but it won't change anything, though. Billy, it won't change anything. You know, Aaron Boone, they're just going to get Boone 2.0 in there. I mean, it has to start from the top. It can't, you can't just, you know, chop a tree in the middle. You got to start at the root, and 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 the root of the problem is Hal, the Hal Cashman, uh, the Hal and Brian dynamic. That's the root of the problem. It's the analytics department, the root of the problem. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I think it's unfair to say don't go to the game because, you know, if you're a family of four, you know, you get two kids, three kids, even you can't afford to go to a regular game. You know. And but when the team starts losing, the tickets prices start dropping, and maybe that's when you get to bring your family to the game, because it's fifty dollars to park. Right, right, it's the what is the George Washington Bridge up to? Seventeen dollars for that, fifty dollars to park, and don't get me started and take the train to the game. Okay, it's very inconvenient to do it from where I am in New Jersey. So, and, and by the way, the trains stop running at a certain time too to Bergen County, New Jersey. Uh, but anyway, so you, you drive over the bridge, seventeen dollars, bam, park in the garage. Because there are, there's really no street parking over there anymore. Fifty dollars, bam. Okay, you're up to sixty-seven dollars. You haven't even walked through the gate yet. Never mind the price of the ticket. Never mind the, the sixteen-dollar beers. Never mind that the, the you got kids. They're probably hungry. The twenty-five-dollar chicken. I mean, it just adds up and adds up and adds up. So maybe if you're a family looking to go to a game, maybe this is your in to do it. So to say don't go to the games, to, to get on here and say don't go to the games. I understand the point of that. But you're not going to tell me that a family of five now that now can afford to go to a game isn't going to take that opportunity to go to the game. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know. And as the Mets, uh, you know, it's the top of the top of the first inning over there at City Field. 
And I'm surprised that the score is still 0-0, but, you know, the game is young. And um, just the Mets, too. I mean, it, maybe you're not even watching the Mets right now, but they, I mean, they're ready for football season. They lost 21-3. to 21-3. to Talk about the Mets and the Yankees. We'll continue both. And if you wanted to transition into football, we can do that as well because it's about that time. Whatever you want to talk about, I'm here for you. 877-337-6666. My name is Danielle McCartan. With you till 9 here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Danielle McCartan. Hanging with you until 9 p.m. Or Rubinson comes your way then. Uh, just as I said, right on cue, the Mets are now down 3 nothing. Uh, They haven't even got to bat yet. And it's 3 nothing. Uh, it was a Marcel Ozuna. It was a double. It was a base-clearing double. That's how they got 3. 3 nothing. Mets haven't even come to bat yet. So uh, maybe you've already given up on them. 21-3. to 21-3. Maybe it's closer to football season than we thought. The Mets lost to the Braves 21-3 to the other day. Or I guess yesterday. It was Saturday. The days are starting to blend together here. Especially working the overnight uh, earlier in the week. Or... Whatever day that was, Friday, I guess. Um, yeah, so the, the Mets, uh, they, and not only did they lose 21-3 to in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday, they were shut out by two field goals in the second game. And tonight, the third game, I think they're just hoping not to get embarrassed again. But, you know, 3 nothing. you haven't even gotten to bat yet. It's, it's heading in that direction. So that's the objective. Don't get embarrassed on national TV. That's just so, so, so sad. And this series against the Atlanta Braves, I mean, it's just another reminder of how far this Mets team has fallen. And I rewound it uh, on on the uh, on the little calculator there on the computer. You rewind exactly 365 days. The Mets were 74 and 40. They were atop the NL East, and they were five and a half games up on the second place Braves. That was a year ago today. Now today, right now, they're 52 and 65. They're nine games and an entire universe away from the Braves. And unfortunately for the Mets, this uh, you know this seemingly perennial best team in baseball, yeah, resides in their division, the Braves. And uh, you know the Mets, they're they're two and ten, two and ten since this year's trade deadline. Full tank mode initiated. I mean, it's so sad. It's embarrassing. In fact, like, for a team with those resources, for a team that waltz into this season with the highest payroll the sport has ever seen, to be in this position now, just as awful as where the Yankees are. I mean, these next two months are going to be the darkest days in, in a really long time for the New York Mets. And how do I know? They lost the first games of this series to the Braves by a cumulative score of 34-3. to And no Mets team in history has been outscored more over this past couple games. And then Buck Showalter said after the game yesterday, this is a quote, he said, oh, it's going to be inconsistent for a while. Inconsistent? No. The Yankees are inconsistent. They score seven runs one day, two the next day, zero, nine. The Yankees are inconsistent. The Mets, they're consistent. They're consistent, all right. They're consistently bad. And they're going to be bad for the rest of this season for sure. And it just goes to show you, you got to go for it when it's right in front of you. Billy Inepler failed to address the bullpen, failed to address the designated hitter position last season, and ultimately, 
It cost the Mets resourceful owner fan his three to five year championship window. And look where they are now. Losing three nothing to the Braves and their first batters at the plate right now. Who grounds out to first base? 877-337-6666. We go back to the phones. We go to uh, PJ in Westchester. You're up on the fan. Danielle, what's going on? So if Cashman's got this lifetime thing that everybody keeps talking about, he's never getting fired, mm-hmm. Then, and, and Hal's giving you the code work, I don't like firing people, he's got to step down because it's just going to get you know get to a point where, I mean, if, if he has any respect for this program, he's got to step down. He's, and what he should do it's fire Boone on the way out. Take a book, you know, and like Gettleman. Fire Boone and then step down yourself. You know, pass the job on to someone else. Because it's not, like you said, if you don't see anything changing, you know, he's got to make a move. Would you Would you leave a job that you've had pretty much guaranteed forever? Uh, I get it. But, I mean, he's got to you know, pass it on to one of these other cronies. And, you know, take your lifetime spot next to, you know, Hal uh, in, upstairs. In the big office. Yeah, maybe that's a solution there, PJ. But it's—I know I wouldn't leave a job that I knew I wasn't going to get fired from, no matter how poorly I performed. Simple as that. I wouldn't leave it. I would not voluntarily leave a job that I knew I wasn't going to. If I was going to keep getting rewarded contract after contract after contract and making, who even knows how much he's making? Tens of millions, I'm sure. I mean, that's that's silly. That's silly. He picked Boone too, by the way. He picked Boone. Tell you, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't leave a job. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Is this a check in? Oh yes, the Orioles have defeated the Mariners in ten innings. Yep, that's not good for the Yankees. We go to Tommy in New Hyde Park. You're up on the fan. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am so PO'd that Cohen gave up on the on the Mets. Too early. They weren't that far out. Mm-hmm. And they killed Verlander, Scherzer, and Cohen, and all these other people. Um, why? And then I hear Sal Carter on Friday going, well, there's, there's a problem in the, in the dugout. Now they go, he goes, we got to get rid of Lindor or Lakata. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I don't know. How, I, 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 listen, I'm not going to die. I don't know who his source was. I, I'm not going to call him a liar, but I also don't know who his source was. So um, I don't know about that report at all. Let's just you really don't. It's, it's been on. No, only- no, I've heard it, but I don't know if I believe it. In other words, uh, what do you? Why they give up so soon? I want to ask. You. Well, that, that's a great question, Tommy. I also wondered the same thing, and it didn't start with my questioning. Didn't start with Scherzer. Didn't start with Verlander. My questioning started with the the fire sale that that you Robertson. He was your best reliever, and you let him go, what, five, six days before the trade deadline? I mean, where does that make sense? Like, you couldn't induce a bidding war for him? If you knew the plan was to to, to, to tank, why wouldn't you hold on to your best reliever? You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the best deal you could have got for David Robertson? Really? It, really? You want me to believe that? So then what happened was, once they traded him away, Scherzer went in there, and he was like, what the heck's going on here, man? I'm all paraphrasing this, by the way. And they were like, yeah, man, we're tanking. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm out. So that's that's how that happened. And then they figured, well, since Scherzer's out, might as well get rid of Verlander. And boom, that's where they are. I don't have an answer. I thought entirely too soon they, they had given up. They were, I think, five and a half games, four and a half games out at that point. 
And all they needed to was to shore up the bullpen, in my opinion. Pete Alonso looked like he had a home run down the left field line with a runner on, unless that's his dot on the screen there. But uh, it was just foul. I got to see that again. Oh, just foul. Oh, 877-337-6666. Now, all these reports about what's going on inside the Mets clubhouse, I don't know. I'm not there. I can't ask any questions. Even if I did, they probably wouldn't answer them. And I, when I have something, I, I always name my source. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I did hear it. Of course I heard it. But I don't know what to make of it. 877-337-6666. We go to Sonny in Montclair. What's up, Sonny? Hey, two things. There's yeah. a couple of fallacy narratives. None that you've, you, you know, you've been spot on with anything. But this nonsense that Cashman always wins, if, if and when the Yankees don't make the playoffs this year, yeah. this will be the fourth time in 10 years for a team that used to own October, and that's not even including the other, like, but most of the other years, they didn't even win the division. Mm-hmm. So you have that going on. The other thing is regarding this bullpen. This bullpen is okay. If you look at them, because they always, you got to remember, most of these guys pitch an inning, you know, and they right. come one after the other, like right off a, a conveyor belt of faceless journeymen who had, but when it's time to be in the spotlight, and really come up big, or you look at their fa- they've blown a lot of games. It's just that they never like completely melt down like today. But they get nicked. They're not. They're not that they're coming into their Diaz, obviously, or Mariano, or any solid closer of the day. They've blown by my count. This is boom. They've blown nine games at least, even with this cruddy roster. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to to Cashman. The time to get Bellinger was a month and a half ago, not before the yeah. right at the trade deadline. Because Bellinger, yep. uh, the, the 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 Cubs had not gotten hot yet, and they needed the left the left fielder back then. But but finally, my last point, two points actually, was that my problem. Everyone says, well, the manager doesn't make a difference, but he does. If you even just had Alex Cora, right? There'd be a tone set. Yeah, but Cora's a cheater. Team, even if I, I can't is, have that. Even if the team, even if the team isn't a good roster, you can play hard. You could play smart. You could play crisp. Yeah, the but I don't want a cheater in my dugout. And then, okay, well, fine. I mean, but a, a, someone like that. And and this isn't the first time Clay Holmes has botched balls back to the mound. The yeah. guy's got the yips on making throws. And then finally, I'm sorry, your team didn't win. I'm not saying this to um my team in Montclair won for the third time in the last five years. So uh, Boone's got nothing on us. <laughs> He's just he. And finally, uh, guess what? I, I'm a Jets fan myself, but uh, Aaron Rodgers moved about a mile away from us. I know here, Cedar Grove right? on the borderline. Yeah, the Cedar Grove Montclair yep. borderline, and looking forward to bumping into him. But seriously, with the Yankees. I just wish they'd play crisper with better baseball IQ. And then, and Boone doesn't have to lay it on so thick. At the end, he's like, in other words, if you strike out 18 times, don't say you had good at bat. I know. That, that's, I, I can understand yeah. if you don't want to throw anybody under the bus. But don't don't insult the fans because your best Yankee fans are really aggravated. They're at wit's end right now. Yep. And, and, and Sonny. It's the whole culture. It's the culture. Right. Not the, not the record. Exactly. And thank you for the call there. And after today, he said, obviously, we need victories. This is Boone. Anytime you lose, it's tough. We had the game in control for the most part. 
We had a lot of good things happen out there. I mean, you didn't win. You, you, you got... I mean, this could have been the final nail in the coffin for the season. It did a lot of good things. We were in control for most of it. What? What? I wonder if that message permeates throughout the clubhouse. It's, it looks like it does. Maybe you get somebody in there that's more fiery and everything, but I don't want a cheater in my dugout. I don't want a cheater in my dugout if I'm the Yankees or if I'm the Mets. Mm-hmm. Including Beltran. 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. Um, And you know what? I know you saw what the Philadelphia Phillies did for Trey Turner this week. So it got me thinking, which Yankee, which Met deserves the Trey Turner treatment? Hey, we can talk about that next or just continue the misery about the Yankees and the Mets. My name is Daniel McCartan with you till 9 here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan hanging with you till 9 when Lori Robinson comes your way. Uh, now, this from Katie Sharp on Twitter. The Yankees have, and she's great, by the way. Um, the Yankees now have lost seven games that Garrett Cole started, and he went six-plus innings pitched and allowed two runs or fewer this season. That is most in Major League Baseball for any pitcher. You know what that translates to? Garrett Cole, great. Yankees, especially the offense, not so great. They've lost seven games that he started, and basically a quality start. They've lost seven of them. Most in Major League Baseball for any pitcher. I hope they don't hold that against him when it comes time for Cy Young voting, because that man is this AL Cy Young. I don't care. Case closed. Game over. Hand in the hardware now. We go to Ryan in Breezy Point, New York. What's up, Ryan? Hey, yo. How are you? And happy Sunday night. I'm sad you're uh, you're missing out on the beach. It was beautiful out today. Ah, that's all right. Uh, I'd rather be here. It's okay. Beach will always be there. Uh, yeah, I'm, actually, I'm just getting back to the beach. I'm driving back from uh, Saratoga. What a wonderful sports experience up there. I got to see... Mike's horse run yesterday, and and the Casa Creed never gives up. That is a good horse, Mike had. As I saw him, I chatted with him for a bit. So it was a big day for him. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Great experience if you ever get the chance to go. I went up to Saratoga, but it was in the winter time, and there, you know, obviously the horses weren't racing. We did go to the casino up there, though. It was fun. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, look, previous callers, you've been alluding to it. I've been in the car here for a little while. Mm-hmm. Both of these teams have, have cultural issues, and, you know, it, it comes down to the simple fact that they're committing massive amounts of payroll to individuals who are not performing anywhere near to a level that is commensurate Correct. with the compensation. Correct. Uh, and, that, and that's really what it boils down to. If that's you don't it. have strong young players and you commit a lot of payroll to, to guys and to the tune of $30, $40 million, mm-hmm. and they're giving you sub all star uh type performance it's it's not or or they're not know. even playing at all look at carlos rodon is i guess as you were talking that popped into my mind immediately 6 years 162 million dollars for a man who has injuries all over his body throughout his career it's this, it's that. I mean, look at this season alone. It's the forearm turned into the back problem. Now he's got a hamstring problem. I mean, it's almost easier if it's like a chronic wrist issue. Like, at least you know what the problem is so you can keep fixing it and do preventative care on it. But no, it's exactly. all over his body. Come on. Yeah. And, and they've had similar, you know, the Stanton saga has been a lot the same. Yes. Um, and, and look, at, at the end of the day, I know that both of these organizations are committed to advanced stats in their evaluation. But, you know, I actually know one or two guys who work in the front office for, for New York baseball teams, and they've described it to me in the past as, you know, we just want to get to the playoffs, and it's 
and it's, it's random from there. Well, that's what the owner, that's what Hal Steinbrenner said. Like, what do you mean it's I, random I from there? Correct. Like, I don't understand why they don't look at statistics. Like, what's the guy's batting average against pitchers with a three-plus war? You know, what's the contact to on-base percentage? Yes, you know? yes. Because pitchers in the playoffs don't walk, guys. The four, fifth, six starter in the playoffs. Right there was there was an inning today That's where the Yankees, the Yankees, they were, I forget how many it was, but it was like three walks and three strikes out, three strikeouts. The one inning today. I mean, what are you? What? What? What is that? That doesn't happen in the postseason. I, I had it out with Makata a couple of weeks ago on the air when he was doing a solo show in the midday, and, and and he was singing kind of the same tune. And my point is, when you put six or seven guys in the lineup with a sub 300 on base percentage. Yep. How, how are you expecting results? Yep. Furthermore, as the manager, how is Aaron Boone going to the microphone every day saying that we're right there? I know. The statistics don't bear that out. I know. We, we put a Thanks for calling, Ryan. We, we put a... We put a lot of good at-bats together. You know, credit to the other team. They put a lot of good at-bats together, more than us. I mean, come on. What do we, does he come how do, how do they come up with these lines? How do they do it? They come home, are they on the plane right now to Atlanta coming up with lines, you know, just in case? I mean, that's, that's almost what it sounds like. And, yes, the new money ball is on base percentage, especially with these new bases that have shortened the base path, especially with this new pickoff rule. If you get on base, you have a chance. But don't tell me that once you get into the postseason, it's a crapshoot. It's not. Richard, North Carolina, you're up on the fan. Hello, Daniel. Hey, uh, just to your point there, when you talk about these press conferences, there there doesn't seem to be a, a, a sense of urgency Never. at all with the Yankees. No desperation Never. whatsoever. Yeah, and and it's like uh, we, we we got these many games left. And, uh, we're, you know, the Yankees have played today like they, they were five games up in the wild card yep. or leading the division. Yep. And let's bring Holmes in for some work. Work. When you, when you need every game possible, you're up by five runs. Save him for the next day. But my point being is, Wait, the Yankees hey, Richard, need save him, yeah. save him for the Braves. The, your best reliever yeah. should be against the best team you're going to face. Exactly. And, it's gotten to be, it's like the Yankees just keep kicking the can down yep. the road. Yep. And it's like, we just want the fans to show up. Yep. Everything's okay. That's this, right. that, and the other. But I think they're at the desperate point. It's like the old Seinfeld episode when George Costanza was down and out. And he, the, uh, Jerry told him, you need to do everything the opposite, you know. <laughs> and he went up to the pretty girl at the counter and said, hello, my name is George Costanza. I have no job, and I live at home with my parents. That's the way the Yankee season is going. It's like it's it's going nowhere. They win a game. They like even what Boone said, but there's no urgency. None. They need to do completely the opposite. They need to shake the team. Like Boone yep. doesn't deliver any energy to None. the team. None at all. They, and, and, they, they, you know, there, there's a time and a place for the manager. That's the hard, hard, hard on, uh, hard, hard ass manager. And there's a time and a place for the, the calm and easygoing guy. Right. Boone's been calm and easy since he got here. Long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but you and know what, though, Richard, I love I love the outburst by him to the umpires. Where is that for the team? Where is that in the post game press conference? I want to see more of that. Channel it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And, and you know you need less of it on the field and right. more in the clubhouse. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Exactly and, right. Well, thanks for the thanks for the time, Daniel. Yeah. Thanks for making the call, Richard. And you know what else too? I, I noticed something, and Clay Holmes. 
after he coughed up the game. He handed the game to the Marlins. He comes out. He goes in, you know, steps down into the dugout. And the camera at the end of the dugout obviously is zooming in on him. Okay, he's just walking. He just looks very calm and everything. I mean, if that was me, and, and maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a passionate player. But I think of, and I hated it when it happened, but Brett Gardner banging on the dugout. I hate I still hate it. But at least there was a little bit of want in there, a little bit of energy, a little bit of intensity, right? Let Brett bang on the top of the dugout. Fine. What about, I, I, I think of Paul O'Neill and his, his escapades with, with the, the water jug, the Gatorade cooler. I thought of that. I mean, where is that on this team? Who is that? Who is the person? Like Clay Holmes, if that were me, at the very least, I would have slammed my glove down on the bench. That's it. I would have slammed my glove down on the bench. I, I, maybe that's me. Maybe he just internalizes it different. I don't know, but it's too late now. But this team needs a little bit of intensity. And Aaron Boone, I love it. The, like the meme of this Yankee season is going to be him standing there with his arms outstretched, you know, replicating the punch out from the from the umpire, Laz Diaz. That's the meme of the season. It's punch out, strike out. You're out, Yankees. You're out of the postseason. It's too late. And now it's it's too late. I mean, you can't you can't inject it now. If it's been going on for years and years, you can't inject it now on the 13th of August and expect it to work. Just my thoughts. I mean, they, they always say that your team, and I used this in one of my end-of-the-year speeches you know, at our, at our gala dinners for coaching, and I said, you know, I said it in a joking way. I said, you know, basically, they say that, you know, the team takes on the personality you know, uh, uh, of the coach, of the manager. I said, that's a good thing for these kids or something like that about, about me. You know, I made everybody laugh. But no, but I fully believe that, though. I do fully believe that. You see these Yankees in the postgame. Well, you know, you know, we still got time. And, you know, I mean, come on. It's just the same old, same old. 877-337-6666. My show is never the same old, same old. It is always different. Honestly, I work hard to do that. My name is Daniel McCartan. I'm with you for one more hour here on The Fan. Welcome back to the fan on this summertime Sunday. My name is Danielle McCartan with you till nine. One more hour. Lori Rubinson comes your way then. Uh, yeah, so last night uh, I headed out to Yankee Stadium. Yeah, there was an event at Yankee Stadium last night. And no, it wasn't by accident. I know the Yankees are playing in Miami. But uh, we went because the Jonas Brothers were playing there last night. And uh, it was a pretty good show. The driver that we had, uh, his, his name was... Uh, Oh, what was it? Fred? I think it was Fred. Oh, God, I can't remember his name, but he's a huge fan of the show, this show, because he drives around a lot. Yeah, Fred's his name. So uh, shout out to Fred. But the last time I went to a concert at Yankee Stadium was uh, the Jay-Z and Eminem one. I had gotten pretty much, literally, almost right off the plane from a flight from L.A. I was at the Grammys, went right to Yankee Stadium, saw Jay-Z and Eminem, and it was another good one. But last night, the Jonas Brothers put on a show, man. I mean, Fireworks at the stadium. It was completely jam-packed, sold out. And then right in the beginning, like, the stadium was actually shaking. And that's something that, you know, hasn't happened in a long time over there at Yankee Stadium. The stadium shaking, uh, you know, filled, filled with excitement. So uh, just a shout-out to the moms and or the dads parked outside Yankee Stadium right now waiting for your daughters or your sons or your friends to come out, like, the concert ended, just so you know, around 11.30 last night. Just so you know, thanks for being locked into my show on The Fan. I appreciate you. And if you are out there waiting for your children or their children's friends, give me a call. 
I'd love that. <laughs> uh, I was in uh, a 233B last night, but on this date in 2016, August 13th, 2016, I was sitting in the right field bleachers to watch Tyler Austin and Aaron Judge go back to back, belly to belly, in their first Major League Baseball at bats. So, yes, I can say I was there to both the Jonas Brothers concert last night, yes, but I was also there to see. Aaron Judge's very first home run of oh so many. So that's kind of cool. But anyway, shout out to uh, anybody attending or stuck in traffic trying to get to or, you know, stuck in traffic around Yankee Stadium to get to the Jonas Brothers concert. It's worth it. It was a great show. Hang in there. You'll get in there. They come on in about uh, 15 minutes, though, so you better hurry up. (laughs) 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We go out to Kevin in Camden online, too. Go ahead, Kevin. What's up, Coach? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, well, I'm ready for football. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about both the Giants and the Jets. Um, I, like you, I was a little initially surprised that they didn't get a deal with Noah Barkley. Um, glad there's no holdout. I just want to focus on the season. Try to see if you could build off of that. I, do, I, do I think they're going to repeat what they did last year? I hope so. I'm going to remain optimistic as far as that. I'm just, I'm just not. Sh- I'm just not sure. I don't. I'm not. I didn't look at the strength of schedule. I didn't really look at the schedules. So I don't know. Who, I haven't really checked who they're really playing yet. I haven't really got a chance to really look at it because I've been so invested in the baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm pretty, you know, I'm optimistic about the Giants. As far as the Jets, listen, I haven't even watched Hard Knocks. I do plan to watch it. I admit, I, I've been so busy the last couple, like last week. So I'm going to try to watch the first episode. I'm going to catch up a little bit. I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that, you know, this is a new, a new beginning. I do have to comment on this because it happened a few weeks ago. And this brought back a memory that, we talked about this years ago. Denzel Mims, you know, I knew he was going to. I knew he was going to get traded because you saw the running on the wall last year. Mm-hmm. But you advocated, and I remember this. I think it was either last year or the year before. I lose track, but you advocated for him to get traded earlier because he still had some value. Mm-hmm. And we both know he, he's a, he's talented. We both know, but but not, and I'm not shocked that he got traded. But not, but like a conditional pick, which is a basically that sometimes it doesn't even turn out to be anything. You basically gave him away for a bag of balls. Like you gave him away for nothing. I mean, and I'm not saying that you should have cut them. What I'm saying is, what, what you said initially, they just traded him a while ago and got something better for him. Yeah. When the, I, when the calls were first coming in, the Jets were like, no, 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 we're going to work with them. Like what? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I just I, again, the management. I mean, it's real. You're not getting anything. And then Elijah Moore, listen, Elijah Moore, listen, he was not going to be here, so. You know, he didn't want to be here, so you know what? I'm not I'm not worried about that. But the Mims, I'm telling you, he's going to, and Detroit, they shocked people last year. And I'm telling you, I think when, in Detroit, Mims is going to show out. And I'm saying, and this is what could have been in New York. Yeah, well, but Kevin, I, he, he didn't know how to read the playbook. He didn't He didn't understand how to read a playbook. That's that's true. What? I, I mean, what? You have no, one no, job. No, you're, right. you're right. You're right. But I, I, did, I just lament that, the, the, that these trades, they really don't amount to much. Well, but I, I'm yeah. optimistic for both teams, and I am I am hoping. I don't know if it's. I'm still trying to work out the Blue Kings to go on the, my birthday to see the Falcons. I'm trying to see if I could do that. I uh, just got to figure out if how I can get there, and trying to figure out the little details. But that's the plan. I'm hoping because I would love to go for my birthday. I've never been to a football game, so I really want to. I want to try to do that this year. So we'll see if I can get. Keep there. me posted. I, I'm Let me know. But Oh, definitely. And I'm more of them. I, I want to see a. Okay. 
He made me not the Super Bowl, but you know what? At least a playoff win at home would be nice. But I would love a Super Bowl. You know, I'm not going to be as high as Joe Beningo, but a playoff win at home would be nice. Yeah. And a, and a little run, you know, would be nice because 2010, I was a sophomore in high school when the Jets were last in the play. I want to see something. I'm not going to see Super Bowl with us because you know what? They, they, he's on the contract for next year, so you know next year let that be. I don't but know, Kevin. He, I, I, if you learn from the Mets, and thanks for the If you learn from anything from the Mets, is you have to go for it when you have it. I mean, last year they had it and they didn't go for it. Billy Upper didn't didn't go for it. So uh, to me, it's Super Bowl or bust for the, for the Jets. That's it. Super Bowl or bust. And as far as hard knocks, well, <laughs> the entire for, here I'll save you, Kevin. The, the entire first episode was an Aaron Rodgers love fest. Like, players, Hardman going up to him. was like, dude, like, I loved you when I was a kid. Like, even their own players are fanboying over him. So I hope that, uh, you know, there's a little bit more depth to the, uh, the, the, the subsequent episodes here. Because the first one, uh, and I didn't even show, like, how it's like, oh, he's here. Look, everybody, we got him. It, but it's not like any, any of the buildup. One Jets Drive on YouTube actually did a better job of showing a little bit more of the buildup. But um, hopefully, and I, I'm locked in. I'm going to be locked in. Throughout the season, on both, as best I can, I'm going to do watch both. One's Jets drive, one Jets drive, and Hard Knocks, and kind of compare the both of them. But I mean, I don't really watch Hard Knocks because it's not really real. I'm, you know, spoiler alert: reality TV is not really real. But um, I thought it was pretty well done. Actually, it was it was very enjoyable. I, I thought so. I'll be on for episode two for sure. In the order that you call, we go to Chris in Manhattan. You're up next here on the fan. Hey Danielle, Danielle. I so agree with a lot of what you're saying about the manager stuff, and I wanted to just expound on it a little bit sure. further. And I really respect the Yankee fans that are calling up and really voicing their displeasure with Boone. So mm-hmm. as a Mets fan, I'm coming from a little bit bigger perspective. But look, I mean, Aaron Boone manages like a substitute teacher. You know, doesn't want to make too many waves, <laughs> shows up. And you're right, that getting mad at umpires, that's like a coward move. That's like, oh, look at me, I'm fiery. But he's not addressing the issues. And you know what, Daniel? Same thing with Fox. But where did this all go wrong? Like, where did this whole trend of, like, no one accountable, we can't ever say anything a little bit critical or fiery or anything? Like, mm-hmm. wh- what's next? Are going to be giving participation trophies to these players? Oh, my God. Guess what? The Rays gave out participation banners. We, no. made, the, we made the wild card. It's hanging up, but I'm going to the Tropicana Field in two weeks. I'll take a picture and post it. Yes. We, it was oh a wild God. card banner. A wild card banner. Well, but Daniel, where do you think, like, what was the tipping point? Like, I mean, I guess it's within the last couple of years, but what do you think systemically made almost globally all these managers just kind of take a much more passive role for I the most think, part? Yeah, I think I think it's the proliferation of, of this analytics department, you know, air quotes there, analytics department, where everybody's making these decisions based on a collaborative effort. I, I say that like a nerd, like I have pocket protector, but it's a collaborative effort. So, like, you can't pinpoint one single person for, like, for putting that player in that position. Like, the, all these guys behind the scenes in this analytics department are making up all these these moves and based on these permutations, and it's like the manager's just like a, like a, like a, a, a talking head. Yeah. You know, Daniel, I wondered, and you would have great context on this being a coach yourself, but the thing about analytics I always wondered as, as, uh, is, like, you know what analytics can't tell you? Did that player have a fight with his girlfriend that morning? Yeah, or did right. that is, is that player going through something in his family, you know, that, right. that that's trying to difficult. And I don't you know, that to me, that that, that part of that human touch, yeah. I still think it's important. I, I really I really think it's dead we're losing that. 
I know. And Chris, I agree with you. My favorite managers, and I can't really pinpoint one because I, I guess Buck Showalter would be one of them, but I like the guys that are a little bit of a blend of old school like that with the new school. I feel like that's how I do it. I mean, I get, I get stats. One of the parents keeps stats in, in, a, um, in, a, in a very neat app. You know, I forget the name of it, but she'll 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 email me all the stats and I, and I look at them. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I'm appreciative. This is make helps me make informed decisions, of of course. But also, you, there's so many other variables that go into filling out a lineup card every day or filling out the positions every day, and you know all of it. And I, and I try to kind of do it right down the middle in a way. And I think the Yankees have been so far slanted to analytics. That, that maybe they don't know how to get themselves out of it. Because there needs to be a better balance. Having these guys up and down the lineup, switching spots in the lineup every single day is, is infuriating. I mean, Aaron Judge should be the number three hitter. Really four, but three. You know, like all of these little things add up to bigger things. And if they can't rid themselves of it, then they got to change the personnel that, that maybe will. And that's it. And these long-term contracts for tens of millions of dollars are hampering this team. It's not like Hal's not going out to, to spend money. I give him that. He is the second-highest payroll in all of baseball, only behind the Mets. He's spending the money. It's just being spent inadequately or ineffectively. And that falls on the general manager. Let's go to, uh, to Mark in Connecticut. You're up on the fan, Mark. Hi. How are you doing? Great. How are you, Mark? Okay. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about... Um... The closing, the closer role with the Yankees. Yes, I really believe last year watching Clay Holmes, he's you know a closer has to be, they have to have a certain mentality. Yes, and I don't see it in Holmes. I don't see it in him. He's not. He's a seventh or eighth inning guy. Correct. He's not a legitimate closer. Agreed. And I just hope that Cashman can see this this year. I kind of saw it last year. Mm-hmm. Remember, we had problems with him on and off yes. last year. He was good for a while. Then, you know, he would struggle at times. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that Cashman, after this year, has a finds a, 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 the Yankees a legitimate closer. I mean, we, we don't even have a legitimate leadoff guy. Correct. I mean, we don't have a real – how do you start the season off like that? And I with mean, no left fielder either. Yeah, right. And um, another thing I wanted to say is uh, Clark Schmidt, mm-hmm. his, I didn't think he was a starter. He struggled. He had some games that he struggled. He would be good, like, a couple innings and then go downhill. Yeah, but he's he stepped it a up. lot better. He stepped it up big time, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's he, their, Mark, and, he's their number two starter right now. You've got Garrett Cole and then Clark Schmidt. That's your one-two punch right now. Severino, forget about Severino. I never want to see that guy start another game, but unfortunately, because of all the injuries, he has to. So you've got Cole, Schmidt, one, two. And then the all, uh, I don't know, the mysterious TBD, to be determined. You know who I think is going to fill out that TBD? Michael King. Did you see in the pregame today? He's making a huge case to become one of the starting pitchers. I think they're going to try it. What will they have to lose at this point? I think one of those TBDs this week will be Michael King. Mark my words. We're going to stay in Connecticut. We're going to go to Waterbury. Ray, you're up on the fan. 
Hi, Danielle. Another outstanding show, as usual. Thank you. About about the Mets. Now, I knew once they had that sell-off, they were headed right toward the seller, yep. which they will be when they lose tonight. Correct. I, I, I can accept that. But but they better, you know, we got uh, six weeks left in the season. P- fans, these season t- tickets are sold. People are going to be coming and watch this garbage. Mm-hmm. I, I'll accept that, too. But you got to tell us you're going to spend money and this isn't going to happen next year. And and you know what? I want anybody that's in charge of uh, roster construction out of there. That's Epler. Correct. And whoever is assisting them, making decisions and keeping people all year long, like Vogelback, Drew Smith, yep. Louis G. Danny Mendick. People, I mean, who you, are these guys? You, well, yeah. When you say, and, and how about the the lineup? Instead of bringing up Ronnie Mauricio, oh, yeah. how about this lineup? Ortega, yeah. DJ Stewart. Yep. You want, you know, this, this, you, you know, show the fans something. Correct. The bottom line is when, when uh, if and when uh, Stearns comes in, which they say he's coming in, he's got to, I want him to be completely in charge of the roster construction and to sell tickets. Stevie Collins got to tell us, you know, never mind, we're not, we're going to be competitive. He's got to, he's got to, Sign, he's got to make a couple of quick signings, or he's not going to sell any uh, season tickets next year. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, he's going to have to, right? And that's that's he said. Basically, he said he, you know, what did he say? He was gonna he was gonna do it, but he wants to grow the farm system, and he'll be open to. No, 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 you got to go for it, man. You got Shohei Otani on the market. How do you not assure your fan base that you're going to be all in on him? He checks two boxes for you. That's why you're keeping Billy and Epler around, right? That's why you got Kodai Senga, who, by the way, he's in, he's pitching right now. He's he's their best pitcher. He's their only starting pitcher, really. So, I mean, there's a lot, and I would love to hear more from Cohen. I would, um, but I you're not. I don't think you're going to get it. Not until the postseason press conference. That's it. And maybe at that point, he'll he'll you know reveal a little bit more of the plan. But the entire league knows they need starting pitching. The entire league knows that. And Ronnie Marisa, what more does that guy have to do? What more does he have to do? Ah. Oh. Anyway, 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. My name is Daniel McCartan with you till 9 here on The Fan. Welcome back to The Fan. My name is Daniel McCartan. He is Connor Green on the ones and twos and on the phones. <laughs> uh, with you for another half an hour or so. Lori Rupertson will come your way then. Um, listen, I'm not getting roped back into this Yankees season, postseason bandwagon. I, you know, last week I kind of faltered. I mean, just, you know, give me one good reason why I should be. I mean, they lost to the Marlins today in brutal fashion. A team who is also on the outside looking in on the postseason race. With today's loss, the Yankees only have won one series out of the last 11 or 12 of them. And on top of all this, add another pillar onto my three reasons why for the first time all season long, I am losing faith in the postseason chances for the New York Yankees. If you missed that from early Friday morning, it's on WFAN On Demand. But here's the short version. Number one, there is a total lack of intensity from the manager down on to the players. Two, at the start of this, this season, I looked at the starting pitching rotation. And I said, all right, it should be good enough to win in the postseason. Well, there's only one guy really still standing. Cole. That's it. No Rodon. No Cortez. I'm not even counting Severino. He's just a ghost of what he used to be. Okay? And three, the wildly inconsistent offensive output is just not enough for this team. Nine runs one day, zero the next. Seven today, lose the game. It's like ridiculous. 
And then, again, add in number four, Nestor Cortez and the starting pitching rotation. You know, that, that, that to me is another nail in the coffin. Clark Schmidt's number two. We just talked about that. Cole, Schmidt, Severino, Vasquez, and that very sneaky good TBD. Severino has no business being on the mound, but because of Rodon and now Cortez, he has to be out there, unfortunately. And I know Michael King is lobbying for a start. Maybe he could pitch in and help out. No pun intended there, but you know it basically has turned into an all-hands-on-deck sort of situation. And yes, the obvious news. Nestor Cortez hit the 15-day IL the other day, left rotator cuff strain. I mean, I am a huge fan of Nestor Cortez. I'm wearing his t-shirt right now. A t-shirt that he handed to me out of his own locker in the clubhouse. But I would be surprised if Nestor Cortez pitched for the Yankees again this season. In November of last year, maybe you consider this foreshadowing, but November of last year, I spoke with him at Pop Century Collectibles in Oakland, New Jersey, local, and I asked about his goals for the 2023 season, and if he was concerned after pushing his innings pitched limit last season so far, you know, beyond, beyond. And here's what he had to say. You personally, pitching-wise, personal goals for next year include what? Uh, probably stay healthy again. I think uh, that's what every starting pitcher, um, I guess, strives for, dreams about. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this year I, I hit a you know a little patch of 15 days in the IL, but yeah. um, hopefully next year I can I can get healthy the whole year. Concerned about the innings at all? You pushed it pretty hard this year. Yeah, I think I doubled it from last year or yeah. almost got there. Um, no, I'm not concerned. I think uh, uh, this year was a good baseline for me to uh, finally. You know, keep going and hopefully demonstrate that I can be a 200-inning pitcher. Yeah, um, maybe that's uh, foreshadowing, but that was Nestor Cortez and I from last November. It's just terribly frustrating news for just, he's just an excellent guy. He's just a core piece of this Yankees starting pitching rotation coming into the season. And it also might mean, might be, we might be there, the demise of this Yankees team. I mean, again, look at the starting pitching rotation. Outside of Cole, if you're the opposing team, who scares you? Yeah, guess that was rhetorical because nobody really does. None of the current ones anyway. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call at 8.30. Every single Sunday at 8.30 p.m., every light goes off in this studio. It's like, I don't know, they're pre-programmed or something now, I'm talking, and Connor has to get up every single Sunday at 8.30, like clockwork, and turn all the lights back on in the studio. I don't know what it is. It's the ghost. It's the ghost of the fan studio. That's what it is. That's what we call him around here. <laughs> Connor's shaking his head like, you got to be kidding me. I don't know. we gotta, we got to talk to the electricians around here. No matter how many times it happens, too, I always am shocked that it happens. <laughs> me, too. I'm like, oh, Every single week, I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> oh, my God, there goes the lights again. I, as soon as they went out, I looked at you when you were on the phone, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to sit here in the dark. <laughs> Yeah, it's pitch black. Next time, remind me, next time I'm going to have like a live stream going. Everybody can see how dark it is in here. And now that it's getting darker earlier outside, it's it's really dark. Yeah, it gets pitch black in there. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Crazy. Anyway, uh, let's go. In the order that you call, this is how we do this here. Uh, and if you can't get through, you can tweet me, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter. Same thing on Instagram and at Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We go out to Hamden, Connecticut. Paul's up on the fan next. Paul! Mm, I don't know what's going on there. I'll put you on hold. Maybe that maybe that'll work. I don't know. Let's go to Mario in New Rochelle in New York. You're up on the fan. Mario. 
man, we are like two for two. What's going on here? Carrie, Pennsylvania, are you there? Connor, is it the phones? It's not the phones. Carrie, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay. We got you. Yeah, Danielle, I wanted to chime in on your discussion a few minutes ago about the participation trophies <laughs> in baseball. Yeah. Now, I live in the Philly market. Unfortunately, I'm a New York fan across the board. Mm-hmm. But is it a thing? In 20, I'm a Yankee fan, so I don't know. In 2015, did the Mets hand out rings for losing the World Series? Rings? No. Yeah, the Phillies on opening day, everybody got a ring for losing in the World Series. No. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Phillies they, rings. They, Was it maybe, do they get a ring to, to win the, the NL? For the NL pennant, they gave them rings. But uh, I twisted around because most of my friends and family are homers, so <laughs> we don't talk much anyway. But I twisted around. They, they got rings for losing the World Series. I guess it is a thing. The National League Championship rings. Here's 15 championship clubs, 20 championship rings during 20. <laughs> yeah, I guess they do. NL champs get a ring, yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, I and, never and, knew that. Have you, have, you ever been to, have you ever been to a game at Citizens Bank Park? I have once, yes. Wouldn't you think that they it was the Yankees' home stadium? Oh, yeah. With all the flags they have flying. They have flags flying around for <laughs> losing in the divisional series. <laughs> for, losing in the, for just making the wild card. They have like yeah. 30 banners. That's like the Tampa Bay race. They have them, too. Right, and they, and they don't say AL division or... East Division champions. It's just the the year. Unbelievable. You know what? Oh yeah, Carrie. Carrie, you taught me something new tonight. NL NL champs get rings, and I guess AL too. I mean, they look like World Series rings. What is this? It's got to stop. Stop the madness. Go to Martin in Guilford, Connecticut. What's up, Martin? You're still working out of North Korea. There, they got the lights back on. No, oh, the, the lights are back on. We are in Lower Manhattan. Yes. Okay, now I know the I know why they're resting Norton Nestor for the rest of the year because you got Rizzo and uh, Lemayhu and Sten and uh, Judge recovering from an offseason toe surgery to come back hard next year. Something like that. That team's a disaster. Yeah, it's bad. But <laughs> but let me talk quickly about the Dodgers and ask you a question. Well, wait one uh, second. But well, let's clear up something. That he hasn't said anything about you know toe surgery. He ruled out in season toe surgery. Nothing beyond Danielle, that. Danielle, I, 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 uh, I, I bet but, you a bushel to a peck he's going to get off-season toes. No, season. I understand, but I just we have to be very clear yeah. that he didn't say anything about that yet because I, I oh, wanted no, rumors no, starting a, here. No, I I, did, I get it, but I mean, I'm, like I say, it's going to happen. Yeah. I okay, agree. so anyway, not not a, I, I know it's on the big Dodger uh, crowd here, but over the, the trade deadline, let me just run down briefly, very briefly, two pitchers, Lance Lynn, who's now got three great starts, yeah. Yarbrough, the former Buck, Buck uh, Tampa Bay guy, He's got two long stints scoreless out of the uh, bullpen. Mm-hmm. Kike Hernandez has got like an 840 OPS. And Ahmed Rosario, the former net, who's lighting it up out there. Mm-hmm. He's a spark. He's fast as heck. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it? Psychological? You play ball. They just hit the Dodgers and something turns a switch? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe it's just the culture of the team, of the environment. Of the fans, I mean, L.A. fans are very different than New York fans, you know, if that's what we're comparing. Um, look, I mean, I just look at no farther than Trey Turner. I mean, the guy was struggling, 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 and, you know, feeling it, and all of a sudden the, the fans started cheering for him, and the, he's hitting, he's basically hitting 500 ever since that day. I mean, so 
there's a lot of variables that go into it. I, I don't know, you know, like I know where I think I screenshotted it. Was it Justin Verlander that was saying how the analytics department of the Mets, the pitching analytics department, isn't the same as you know, duh. I mean, duh. Wow, I'm trying to find it. I know I read it, um, but yeah, I mean, it just depends. It, it, I don't know. I can't explain it because I'm not in it, obviously. But um, yeah, I just don't know. I wish I had an answer. I do. We go to Woodside, Queens. Dino, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle, first time caller. What's going on, Dino? Uh, not much, not much. I'm just here waving the white flag, and I'm letting all my Yankee fans and all that listen. It, it's a disaster season and everything. Let's let's just let's like be happy that football season's around the corner. And then that goes to my next thing, the Jets. You know, I just really hope they have a good season. I hope all the hype is not just smoke in the air like we usually do because <laughs> the Jet Nation is always, always smoke in the air. We elude ourselves. Even when we're terrible, we elude ourselves. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just looking forward to a new season. Yeah, and I think uh, next for caller, Dino, it's, uh, it's officially football season around here, I'm pretty sure. Although neither team is – baseball team is mathematically eliminated. I mean – the Mets are done for. I mean, really, at the trade deadline, five days before the Mets were done for, which I thought they gave up a little too early. And, um, you know, hope is slipping from me. And I'm not a flip-flopper. All along, I was, like, riding the Yankees train, like, they could do it, they could do it, they could do it. They just haven't shown that they could do it. The, the longest win streak that the Yankees have had this season has been five games. That's it. Just five. So, you know what I mean? It's getting late early, right? Or... As Michael and Jerry said on Twitter, maybe the saying this week should be, it's deja vu all over again. And that's kind of what it is. We go to Manalapan. Stephanie's up on the fan. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, um, I, I don't know, what do you think? Do you think we should bring up some prospects, just call it a season? I mean, they had this lineup, this, this no one's even, no, everyone's injured. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know, maybe we should just sit judge and, you know, Bring up the bring up the prospects. Go to the minors. What do you I think? think uh, I think that's an option, Stephanie. I think it's a good option. However, I'm I'm not there yet. As much as I want to be out on this team, I'm not at the bring up the prospects part yet. Um, I'll tell you when I will be. The line of demarcation for me is going to be Labor Day weekend. If at Labor Day weekend the Yankees are still mathematically they they can't figure it out, they can't get it together by then. That's when I would say, okay, Aaron Judge, let's look at some toe surgery for you options so that you could be 100% when we start next year. Let's start bringing in some of these prospects. Let's see what we have. Let's show them to the rest of the league so that we can maybe make some good deals in the, in the, in the offseason. Hey, look, this is what this guy did in September for us. You know, we were out of the hunt, but here's what he did. He's worth something. So um, I think it's a little soon. August 13th is a, is a little too soon. However, if it gets to Labor Day and the Yankees are still in this in-between sort of phase, I think that's when you do it. And and I'd be curious to see if Rizzo is going to make a comeback. I, he was listed, from what I've read, as week-to-week week with that concussion-related you know, related symptoms, all that. So in long long-winded way, saying, yes, good idea, just not yet. Labor Day. Labor Day, Labor Day, you know, right after it and uh, – because I don't think the Yankees play on that particular holiday. But the day the day after, if they're still in limbo, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, we go up to – oh, they're both back. All right. Uh, we did Paul first. We'll do Paul first here. Paul in Hamden, Connecticut, you're back. 
Yeah, sorry about that. I had my ear against the phone, which put the mute button on. Oh. Can you hear me? Oh, now I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Connor. He asked me what I want to talk about. He said, where do you want me to start? But uh, <laughs> I, don't think we have, I don't think we have enough time in the show. You know, I've called you before, like yeah, Matt, yeah, yeah. Jets, the Knicks, Rangers, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know what really ticked me off is, you know, I know they lost game one, uh, you know, six or nine, whatever it was. And then, you know, the next game was an absolute fiasco, which we know that. But uh, you You're know, talking to Mets, actually, right? Yeah, Mets. Oh, absolutely. the 21 to three score, the football score? That's even a bad score in football. Yeah. yeah. And you know what the funny thing about it was? When they went to the bar, nobody, I mean, they knew the score, but they turned around and everybody's Yankee fans, they said, oh, by the way, when was the Mets uh, playing Atlanta Falcons? You know what I mean? They didn't know <laughs> what they were talking about. Yeah. They thought they were the three. Yeah. But uh, they look, I looked at, it was like 16, 17, 3 or 17 or whatever. And I'm looking around and I'm looking in the dugout and, Je- and I, I don't know if you've seen it. Jeff McNeil was like, like happy, smiling. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Really? With this disastrous, like, like uh, game and everything. And, uh, to me, last thing, you know what the highlight of that game was? I don't know if you've seen it. Remember the home run ball? I don't know. I mean, it was like six of them. But a guy hit it to, to like right center, and the, the guy in the stands caught the ball one-handed, and he had a beer in his left hand. I love I'm that. like, oh, my God. I'm like, is this the highlight of this game, being uh-huh. a Mets fan? Paul, I wish they would show more of that. Like on these broadcasts, like I, I'm interested to see, like, does a fan make a really good catch? We don't get a lot of that, and I wish there was more of that. Especially now. He had a tw- Danielle, he had a 25-ounce can of beer in his left hand. <laughs> he literally, I mean, no, his right hand. He leaned over with his other hand, caught the ball with his bare fist, and took it away from the guy that was sitting right next oh to him. My- I was like, are you freaking kidding me? All right, if this guy's listening right now, we need to hear from you. We need to hear yeah. from you. <laughs> I love uh, those. Or the guys with, like, catching with, like, the babies in one arm and they catch it <laughs> the other. That was yeah. great. Nope. Or the beer ends up in a cup and the guy's passed out because he drank too much. Or <laughs> there was one the other day I saw it landed right. It bounced off one person's hand and landed right in the guy's like tray of food. And he was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, no cheese? No. I'm a, um, yeah, yeah. Real quick. Uh, 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 real quick. You know, I, I, I'm a Mets fan, right? Obviously, yeah, I told you my teams. But I will never root against the Yankees. I was born in Brooklyn. I'm a New Yorker, but I live in Connecticut now. But uh, from what I see, it's like, I mean, they're only doing what they're, what they're not told to do what they're capable of doing. And let me just switch back to the Mets because i got to go. Um, you know, a couple of calls back, he said, you know, he's sick and he don't want to hear about what they're going to put out on the field. Come on, Daniel. He threw the towel in, what, last week when he didn't do nothing at the trade deadline? Yeah. So what do you expect them to throw out on the field? So, yeah, but yeah, you got to try I, when you're making all that money. Go I ahead, know. I'll let you respond, and thank you. It's I thanks, love you, Paul. man. You're the best. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. I love you, too. Um, yeah, quickly, because Connor's giving me the break, the break sign here. But um, what are they expecting? What am I expecting? I want to see Ronnie Mauricio. It's, it's not hard. Like, I want to see... What what is this guy? Where is he? What more does he have to do to see the major league level? You want you to say he's a terrible fielder? Then let him DH. I'm done seeing Daniel Vogel back. I'm done with that. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to see. That would placate me for now for this team is to see Ronnie Mauricio up there. You know? Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm the crazy one. I don't know. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. And, uh, yeah, the Yankees, brutal loss today. And they've got the uh, a series against the best team in baseball coming up next. 
this could be, I've got two shows next weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It could be, I could be bringing out my trumpet and playing taps for both of our teams by that point. Anyway, Daniel McCartan here, Lori Rubinson, and the program's coming your way in about 15 minutes. And uh, get aboard for the final segment, 877-337-6666. Welcome back to the fam. My name is Daniel McCartan, hanging with you for about another five or six minutes or so. Lori Rubinson, the program comes your way then. Um... What I wanted, I wanted to say one more thing here, present you with one more thing. Oh, yes. Um, the Yankees' chances are dwindling as we speak here. Uh, it's actually been a freaking miracle that the other teams in the wildcard chase have not slammed the door shut on them already I, entirely. I mean, the Yankees, I think, they're, what are they, five games back at the moment with Boston and Seattle to leapfrog and Toronto to displace. I mean, I know two of the teams are in the division, which they've got a few games left, but... It's getting late early. All right, we go back to the phones, and Mario is back. Mario, Mario, what's up? Hi, Dick. Hi. Oh, no. I got a question. I used to like baseball without the analytics, where the same eight guys were always put on the field. Yeah. You know, you knew, you knew who the, the team was. You knew who your, your left fielder was. Yep. And the great teams, I think, in baseball history always had the same eight guys on the field, for the most part. There was an injury. Do you think we'll ever get back to that again? Uh, you know what, Mario? Yes, I do. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, like I think about like my profession during the week teaching. You know, the hottest idea, right? And then everybody has another hot idea, and then that one goes away, and then there's another one, and then that one goes away. It's you know. So I think uh, I think yes. I think people are. I think the Yankees are at that breaking point now, where they're like, this is not working, or they should be like, this is not working, man. We have to figure out a different strategy, a different way to go about doing this. And there's going to reach a point of oversaturation, and the Yankees are there. Let me tell you, the Yankees, well, they need to be there. I don't know if they are there, but they need to be there. So, yes, while the pendulum swings very much in one direction, I think, in my opinion, it's on its way back to the other direction. I think, um, like, managers, like like I know La Russa, but, you know, all these guys and, and the Buck Showalters in the world, I think they're going to be back in demand, guys that manage from the gut. Like, it's like the, like it's the new hip thing. So, yes, in a, in a very short version, yes, I think so. We go to Walter in Long Island. What's up, Walter? Hi, how are you, Danielle? Great, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I want to thank for taking my call. I want to talk to you tonight about, um, I'm sure you heard the report that Sal had come out with on Friday during his show about the research he did. He found out that the toxicity that was in, uh, been inside the Mets club this year and what that's one, being one of the reasons why that Alonzo's name was floated out uh, at the trade deadline. And, you know, reading I, I my just, book- Walter, let me cut you off right there. He didn't name a source. And Sal, he's a great guy and everything. He didn't name a source. Um, I want to trust him. He's my colleague. I want to trust it. But that's 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 huge. That's a huge thing to say, If it's especially, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was, uh, as, as far as I know, unsubstantiated. Um, and if Sal, if you're listening, like if you want to share with me, you know, I keep it on the DL and, and I could, you know what I mean? Like, but that's, that's huge. And there's nothing that I've seen from Pete Alonzo to exhibit otherwise. I've been inside that clubhouse. He is there every day. He speaks when he, you know, when you ask him questions, he's there. I saw him in, in the All-Star game. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he got cleats for everybody for 9-11. He organized that. Like, that's not a clubhouse cancer kind of guy to me. I I feel the same way. Like I think about that charity event he had earlier this year yes. at the, for the foundation, and Correct. I'm like, I don't I don't see that. But obviously, there's a lot that we don't see that you know I don't know. One of the things I didn't understand is 
if that's the case, and I'm reading Mike Puma's article about how Verlander's a diva and Verlander and Scherzer didn't get along in, in Detroit and weren't getting along here. Yeah. And I'm like, who's making, you know, they talk about the team not having a leader, and that you, that's clearly seen, but the organization team does not have that same leadership because you would think with God, two guys who've been in the league as long as they have, that yeah, somebody would know that, I and know. when they're looking to bring them in the, into the organization, that that's yes. something you would look into and see how that meshes well on that. Correct. There just seems to be such a lack of, like, foresight into so many things. Like, I don't get it. And then if this toxicity thing is true, even whether it's Alonzo or just other players, like, how are they going to address that? Because I, but, but, Walter, we don't know, but we, Walter, we don't know if it's true or not. We just don't know, you know. Sal, he said he had a report. He had a, he had someone tell him or something like that, right? And, and I know when they brought in Donaldson, the Yankees, they talked to Garrett Cole about bringing in Josh Donaldson. I can't imagine the Mets would not have talked to Scherzer about bringing in Verlander. They they were seen together all the time on TV, sitting next to each other in the dugout. So I'm not sure I believe really any of it. I think it's just a fallout of a terrible season and a frustration, honestly. Well. We're out of time. The music means we're out of time. So I would love to, love to have talked to you for more. But that's it. That's, thanks for hanging with me for the past three hours. Uh, if you missed any portion of tonight's show, the Odyssey Rewind feature is great. 6 p.m. was the start. Connor Green behind the glass. Excellent job, as always. Pete McCarthy on updates as well. Man, oh, man. You know what? Maybe we can do a live talk maybe tomorrow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. There's so much more here to unpack. I will see you for a Danielle doubleheader. Next Saturday evening, next Sunday evening after the Yankee game. All right, so stay tuned. I still have some Julius Randle uh, photos to give out as well. Lori Rubinson, the program, up next here on The Fit. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fit.